The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Stay with me for this next item because it isn't always the easiest subject to discuss. I was sort of a. We were talking about the Rosa Tralee earlier on in the programme and all things seem to come back to the Rosa Tralee in Irish social life at this time of the year. And the Galway Rose, who's Claire Ann Irwin, made what I thought was a pretty prosaic point, which is that she's had a career change recently. She's gone from being a teacher to being an undertaker. OK, it's, it's a job, it's a livelihood, it's, it's a good job that's been there for thousands of generations and so on and so forth. When we have a lot of them around Ireland, we celebrate death in a particularly uniquely way here in, in, in this country. But anyway, seemingly people thought this was rather strange and an unusual occupation for a young woman. I don't necessarily think it is, but there you go. She was also talking more interestingly about joining the family business and how more and more people are coming in years in advance to plan their own funeral rather than just letting the event happen, letting other relatives and close family worry about the arrangements, which is very un-Irish, this new idea of planning your funeral. For some people, it's mortgage. For other people, it's just a matter of pragmatics. So we're going to talk for the next few minutes about this whole deal of planning such an event, which is obviously along with death, or sorry, but along with taxes is inevitable. And I'm joined on the hard shoulder this evening by David McGowan, who is from McGowan's Funeral Directors in Ballina, and I'm hoping to be joined in a few minutes by singer Brian Kennedy, who had to directly confront his own mortality a few years ago when he had a series of major health setbacks. But first of all, David, you're very welcome to the hard shoulder. Thank you, Mr. Thanks for, for, for coming on. And I think you were watching the television last night. I, I think you have a connection with Claire, as far as I know. But were you amazed at how many people reacted to sort of say, what is this young woman doing becoming an undertaker? And what is she doing talking about planning for your funeral? Surely that's something you let other close family and relatives worry about. Uh, well, it's like, look, it's like everything. There's change happening in the funeral industry the same as any other industry, you know. A uh, lot of changes in the last few years. From the traditional burial, there's cremation now is more is offered more widely because there's more crematoriums opening up. Um, you know, we have people as well choosing not to have the traditional ritual in the church with celebrations of life. Uh, loads of changes, and it's good. It's good that people have a choice. Uh, one of the choices now that's up there at the moment is planning your funeral. And it's not new, like, it's 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 old. I mean, when I trained in Chicago in the 80s, we were trained how to sell those plans. And that was people coming to the retirement age to put money aside um, for, their, for the eventuality, you know, which is dead. And um, people do it for different reasons now. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons. And uh, I set it up there about, set one up there about, 10 years ago, uh, very few people took it on because people weren't just in the place in Ireland, rural Ireland at the time. I'm in Sligo and Ballina. Okay. So it's very rural and traditional. So it didn't catch on. Uh, in fact, I had to go another go at it five years ago and um, I even went and done some marketing on it and no response for three months. And after three months it came on and it was like a bolt out of the sky. And, and can you describe the kind of people that were coming to you? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples because we've quite a lot of them done now. Uh, and I would have done it on the um, on the American model, scaled it, but with a little bit more Irish to it. Um, and as I said, we didn't we, we didn't get any results or feedback for the first three months and then it came like a shot out of a gun. 
And then it started to get big. And when it started to get big and people came in and paid for this, I had to find some place to put this money. And then now I had another problem. This is people's money. It's not my money till they pass on. Yeah, well, it's a, it, is, it is a traumatic moment. Let, let me just bring in my other guest for a second. I'll come mm. back to you, David. Uh, Brian Kennedy, of course, a um, very celebrated singer, but we've heard more from you, Brian, in recent years about health issues. How, yeah. how close did you have to come to planning these things? I mean, it's a reality, isn't it? I mean, it's something people it, don't like yeah. to talk about. But Well, unfortunately, as we know, cancer is on the rise. Heart complications are on the rise. And out of the blue, of course, cancer came to my door. Normally, I'm the kind of person that you might, you might have sing at your funeral or maybe play some of my recordings. That happens to me a lot. But suddenly, yeah, there was a time, 2016, I was diagnosed with rectal cancer. 2018, I had the life-changing surgery. And I'm glad to say I was, you know, that's what saved my life in the end. But yes, it was something I had to really confront. First of all, I had to do a proper will. And then, you know, that, that's kind of like a series of things that your head starts to get, you know, used to. You think, okay, so I've done the will. But what would happen then if I had to plan my own funeral. Now, I'm, I'm, I would take the David Bowie route, I have to tell you. I would, by the time you heard about me gone from the earth, I, you know, I'd be long gone. Right. So it would have happened, you know, in terms of absolutely, I think, as we're, you know, culturally, we, we seem to be configured these days to, to call it more of a celebration of someone's life. You know, when somebody passes away, it's, it's less sad, I think, than it used to be, unless, of course, it's a, a tragic circumstance, you know, when, when our friends die too young or something. So, yeah, I mean, certainly it was something I had to really consider. I've been to a few really beautiful uh, services myself over the years, and I'm thinking, yeah, when, it, when it's time for me to go, um, I think that's the way to go. I think David's right. People are getting more used to the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be religious in any way. But... You, all ages of people really need to think about how it's going to happen. And you, look, you even see it on the TV. You suddenly see more and more uh, adverts for these kinds of ways to be buried. To, to for, you know, people call it the end of life, of course. So I'm, I'm glad that the stigma is kind of being taken away from it, and not necessarily the sadness too. No, and I mean the the whole point about cremation is interesting. One, yeah. one of the things there is obviously people want to you know, do it differently, and they want to break from the sure. past, etc. But a lot of the time, it's just a financial thing. Graveyards are full up. I mean, literally yeah, around Dublin, you cannot get plots, and or if you can, they're incredibly expensive. So I mean, I don't want to bring it down to brass financial tax here, but there is an issue there, isn't there? Well, it's accommodation above ground or below ground. You know, at yeah. this point. There's an accommodation crisis or whatever way you look at it. Um, and I think cremation can be really beautiful and respectful. And, and, you know, the idea then that you can do all kinds of things with the ashes afterwards. Some people make jewellery. Some people do all kinds of really beautiful, creative things with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's becoming more and more uh, common in our culture. And, and I just applaud that, I think. Let me just go back to David for a second. David, in terms of funerals and when people come down, like, I mean, you know, we're not encouraging anyone to be down and gloomy about their future life and prospects and all that but I mean when should people start thinking about these issues I mean you know it's obviously the, <laughs> a considerable age skew here but I mean when sh- when would you expect to hear from people or when do people generally come what age and stage in life are they at when they're talking to you well, what, have we, what we've experienced in the last two years since we did get a kind of a demand on it and then I had a problem I was just getting to it there I had this money people's money I didn't know what to do with it and it was building up on our accounts and there's laws. So I've teamed up with a guy called uh, Sean Staunton from the Credit Union of Ireland, which everybody knows of, the 500 branches. And we're putting together a program at the moment. Both, And they actually have other products as well that could be useful to the to the ordinary person out there. So if we can tie this up, I believe it's going to be very busy. When, will they t- when are they choosing to do this? Anytime. 
because it can become a savings pond for them as well. So, um, but people do it for different reasons. There's people want to have a say in their own funeral. Like, do they want music? Do they want direct cremation? Do they want uh, a wicker coffin? There's so many choices out there now that I think it's time that people did put something down in writing. And it can save an awful lot of confusion at the end because I see I've seen families fighting over making decisions. I'll give you an instance. A woman came in to me eight years ago, planned her own funeral, and at the very end she said, I suppose you want to know why I'm doing this. And I said to her, well, if you don't want to tell me, tell me. She said, I have two sons, alcoholics, and I'm a pioneer myself. And I know when my time comes, they'll bring me home and wake me in a house for two nights. And all their buddies will be breathing down on top of me. And she said, I don't want to go home. I want to you be reposed in the funeral home. That lady did pass on. And sure enough, when I opened the door of my funeral home, the two sons and the two daughters arrived in. And I could actually smell the drink of the two sons. We went upstairs and straight away they started demanding this, demanding that. And I just looked at them and I said, if that's the type of funeral you want, you have to go well, go somewhere else. Because your mother came in to me three years ago and this is what she... Well, that's, yeah, well, I suppose we, we. I'm glad you didn't name anyone in that story you just told me. But apart <laughs> yeah. from that, uh, my lawyers are too. Let me just go back to Brian for a second. Brian, yeah. you've had obviously had three C's, three health blows. I, I knew about yeah. because I've heard you talk before about cancer, yeah. and I knew you had. But when I heard I see COVID coming along, like a bad COVID set of buses. I mean, you must have felt. When, when am I going to catch a break here? I know. Well, thankfully, I did catch a break. I did get better slowly because I have to tell you, I was vaccinated fully and that really did help. So, you know, I'm, I'm very glad that that happened. And I made a slow but steady recovery because, of course, particularly St. James's Hospital are doing an amazing job. You know, and I drive past the mortuary all the time. So, you know, you know, it's certainly not lost on me that, you know, the mortuary is not very far away. But I'm glad to say I think you're stuck with me for another few decades. I'm <laughs> well, you I'm know, glad to hear that. And, but I love to hear David talking about it so calmly and passionately. And he sounds like a very respectful man, you know. So I love the fact that he was able to carry out whoever that lady's wishes were. Yeah, I mean, so, you look, I think funerals bring out the best and the worst in people, depending on, on what kind of family that they come from. And to be able to plan your own, I think, is a fantastic idea. Pay for it up front so nobody's thinking they have to shell out any money because that causes great resentment in families, of course. So, yeah, I, I think that the more control we have over our own exit the better I think well listen we wish you the best as I said I hope all the bad luck you've had is now compensated for a whole load of good luck in the future years it was a subject we didn't necessarily want to touch initially but it is a part of life and it's part of the cycle of life The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.